This second half preview edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Wednesday, July the 12th, and we are here with a little second half preview. We've made some picks for the second half, um, which starts well, Friday night. Uh, so, pick show will be back tomorrow, but we've got some futures. Um, last night we covered. Um, Things that had happened in the first half, thing bets that we'd taken at the start of the season, whether we were good, whether we were bad. Um, but however bad your picks were, all is not lost because you can get down on a whole new load of futures for the second half of the season, which is exactly what we're going to do now. Uh, joining me for an OG special from Houston, Texas, is Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, how are you? Doing well. Um, I think I'm ready for. I think you mentioned it yesterday, Mal. That you know, you, we're it was a bit of a break on Sunday night, not uh, really having to handicap games, um, and it, it was kind of a breath of fresh air. Just kind of get your head back together and get ready for the second half of the season. But then you're sitting there the next day. Hey, uh, we need baseball. Back. Yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm in that boat with you right now. But uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Pick Show will be back uh, Thursday for the Friday games as usual. But um, this is one of my favorite shows of the year. It kind of gives us, a, like you mentioned, it's kind of a reset button to kind of you know take a look at what's kind of transpired over the first half of the season. If you missed that episode, you can go back uh, with myself, uh, Malcolm, and Lante. We did that, and then we'll, we'll hopefully we can find some winners uh, for the second half of the season because there's still a lot of baseball left to play. Yeah, there is. Um, so, yeah, tonight I've got, I know you've got something similar. I've got two division winners, Munaf. Mm-hmm. I've got an uh, American League in a World Series pick. I've then got some picks in four of the player markets, and I have got three totals. Uh, so I've got all sorts. So I've got things ranging from uh, sort of your minus 110s totals all the way up to 150 to 1. Uh, so there's something for everybody, Munaf. Um, you can't go wrong tonight. So um, we'll start with some division win totals. Um, once I have told you about uh, Circa Sports, the Circa Millions and the Circa Survivor um, are back. 14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. At the end of last night's show, yourself and Lonte were talking a little while about these different contests. Uh, and I was just jealous that I couldn't really get involved. I'm not rich enough to get involved in these uh, in some of the big ones. Uh, but obviously, I live um, quite a long way away as well. I don't think I'm allowed to play from over here. Um, but yeah, the Circa Millions is a great contest. Five NFL picks against the spread every week. And the Circa Survivor, where you pick a different Moneyline winner each week. Uh, if you enter in Vegas, you can play from anywhere. Our sports Gambling Podcast will be out there for the last weekend in August. CircaSports.com for all the details. That is CircaSports.com. Uh, Moon, are you having a, are you having a dig at the uh, Millions of the Survivor this year? Uh, yeah, I may get into both uh, this year. Uh, trying to get out there when, uh, excuse me, Sean and excuse me, Sean and Ryan are out there for the last weekend of uh, uh, August. But uh, if not, then I'll try to get out there earlier before NFL Week One and get signed up. Then, but yeah, definitely do want to get into it this year. Um, 
YouTube chat live and kicking. TV DBG is back first off the blocks again. Captain Insano. We never mentioned uh, Captain Insano took a 9 1 shellacking in the uh, Fantasy League last week. It wasn't off me, but it's still just as funny. Uh, so I think I've crept up. Um, so I think I'm one game behind him now. I've ended up with Mike Trout, uh, Aaron Judge, and then Asturi Ruiz on the injured list um, and obviously Ruiz was all the stolen bases and Trout and Judge have knocked a huge hole in my team so I'm hanging on uh, I need some uh, I need some <laughs> Captain Sanos put a big all capital letters WTF in the chat sorry Captain I just said the people like to know you know uh, the people like we to would know have heard about it a lot sooner if you if you were the one that beat him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in fantasy, he did beat me about five weeks ago, and we heard about it about five nights running. So, um, yeah, I, for, I can't believe I've, I've uh, I forgot to mention that this week. So, yeah, have a bit of that, Captain. Uh, get that into you. Um, right, divisional picks. Moving off, we'll start with. Um, we talked last night about how. Some of the fun teams had, uh, had made the markets a little bit more interesting than they can be. There's fewer processions, fewer one-team processions because you've got Texas going along nicely. You've got uh, Cincinnati and Arizona going along well. So you can lead us off, Munaf. Give us uh, a divisional pick. We're going division winners, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, anything you like, mate. Yeah, Your money. Awesome. I'll start with a division winner. Um, you you pissed off uh, Captain Insano, so I'll try to cheer <laughs> yeah, him up yeah. a little bit. And, and this was this was difficult for me to make this pick, but it kind of just makes a lot of sense for me. Yankees at ten to one for the AL East uh, division. Um, you take a look at where they're sitting right now. I think they're what forty nine and forty two, about eight games out of uh, first place, uh, behind the Orioles behind the Blue Jays and obviously Tampa, who's uh, number one in that division right now. Um, obviously the record, and we talked about this yesterday, that how all five teams in this AL East division all have a winning record, um, and they would all be in first place if they were playing in the AL Central. But the Yankees have been, I, I think, for the, for what they've dealt with this season, and I'm talking about injuries, Mal, um, obviously, their best hitter, the former uh, reigning MVP, Aaron Judge, not in the lineup. He's been significant time. They've had injuries um, on their pitching rotation. Um, they've, you know, they're they're without Nestor Cortez. They're going to. Get, they finally got uh, Carlos Rodon back. I know he missed the front uh, most of the obviously the first uh, half of the season. He made his first start uh, last week for the New York Yankees. So you're getting two legitimate um, arms back in that rotation. We talked a lot about Garrett Cole. He's having a great year. Uh, he's having a Cy Young caliber year for the uh, New York Yankees. And I think for me is when you look at this Yankees team, when it does come to the trade deadline, they're not afraid to go out and make a move to improve the team, right? We talked about the acquisitions of Anthony Rizzo last year. Josh Donaldson, I think my, I think he just got injured. So they may be in the market for a third baseman. And again, they're not afraid to go out and swing for the fences. I know I've heard Nolan Arenado maybe on the trade market. And I'm not saying that he's going to end up there, but Yankees are a team that can go out and make that move uh, for a, that type of caliber of player. And they can use another power bat in that lineup. You're getting two pitchers back. Like I mentioned with Nestor Cortez and um, I'm sorry, with Carlos Rodon coming back. I know Severino has struggled for this team. I mentioned Garrett Cole at 10 to one with 
being only eight games back, I I, I want to take a stab on the Yankees here. And you kind of take a look at their um, remaining strength of schedule as well. It's right around average. They don't have a very difficult schedule, but it's not very easy at the same time either. The, I think the key for me, Mal, is going to be that they have nine games left within the division. Six are against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and three are against the Baltimore Orioles. If they're able to come out you know, with a six and three record there or a seven and two type of record there, uh, I think they can climb that uh, AL East standing. They also have seven games against the Astros, so if they're able to split those games with them, I think they can get the. I think they can make some noise here in the AL East. So at ten to one for this New York Yankees team, uh, I'll take a bite and I'm gonna go with ten to one on the New York Yankees. Well, Mudaf, uh, funnily enough, um, you talking about the Yankees is going to lead into my play here because the AL East is a fascinating division and. I took Tampa at the start, so I'm happy with the position I'm in. But now at minus 300 and something, um, you'd be looking somewhere else because they've got a two-game lead, they had a little wobble, and what they're surrounded is a lot of talented teams. So any one of these teams um, could go on a run. Now, uh, you've taken the New York Yankees at 10-1. to 1. I'm going to take a team over one game behind the New York Yankees moving off. Uh, but a five times the price. So I'd be putting the Boston Red Sox here at 50 to one. Now, there's a there's a little bit of method in my madness here. Firstly, they're a decent team. They are 48 and 43. Um, they've just won five games in a row. Like I say, they're one game behind New York. They're two games behind Toronto. Um, they, they would have to go on a bit of a run, but I mean, they, they score plenty of runs. They've scored the second highest amount of runs in the division. They've got a better run differential than the Yankees. The... I think the way to do this, though, Moonoff, as much as we don't encourage hedging on the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, it is not company policy. Um, Red Sox, their um, strength of schedule. Now, it's kind of counterintuitive that you just mentioned the Yankees are playing a lot of games in division. Yeah. You don't really want them to have an easy schedule because you need them to take games off the other teams. So you really need them for them to be able to catch up. You need them to have a little bit of a trickier schedule. Boston, however, coming up between now and August the 17th, so sort of four weeks' time, um, they have 3v Oakland as soon as we come out of this little break. But then back to back to back, they get four versus Kansas, 3v Washington, and four versus Detroit. Like I say, all in the next three or four weeks. It gets a little bit better after that. However, if they can go on a little run, um, they could end, they could be two or three games back. And there's no way they're going to be sitting at 50 to 1. On So come August the 17th, write this down. Um, they could be sitting at, I don't know, even if it is 7 or 8 to 1, you can go, if you're on the exchanges, and this country we use a betting exchange, I just go and take my stake back on them at 8 to 1, and you're sitting pretty. And if they go on a bit of a mad run, um, then, then you're live. But I definitely think it's it's almost a back to lay um, bet here. They might not win at 50 to 1, but you can back them. And I'm sure they're going to be a shorter price. Um, like I say, August the 17th, when they get that little run. And if they carry on that run, then yeah, yeah, your 50 to 1 might still be live. But yeah, and there's worse 50 to 1 shots. I'll tell you what, 100% you will back worse 50 to 1 shots in your life uh, than this Boston Red Sox team. Certainly when you'll be able to get back out with them at 7 or 8 to 1 in a few weeks' time. So, yeah, that's my first um, my first divisional pick. They're not all as wild as that, Moonaf. I've got a few skinnier ones. Um, do you have anything else for a division? Um, why don't you rattle off a couple of your next ones and then uh, maybe there's some agreement because I do like one more, but why don't, you, why don't you rip and run? Okay, well, I've got one more um, and it's plus 140 this time. It's up 50 to 1. Um, it's a Cincinnati Reds. Um, 
So on the 4th of June, which is quite recent, um, the Cincinnati Reds were seven games under 500. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now sitting at 50 and 41. They've gone on an absolute incredible tear, 24 and eight uh, since that 4th of June. Um, it looks like a match in the division. You've got the Brewers who are one game behind and then it's a stretch back to the Cubs, Pittsburgh and St. Louis who really are all poor teams. Um, a couple of reasons to play this. A, I think it's a fun play. Um, we're here to have a little bet and they keep it fun. And Cincinnati have been a great team to watch. They've been a lot of fun. They've got a lot of fun players. We talked about them at length last night. Um, so this is a fun play at plus 140. Um, they're playing with house money as well. They just don't care. No one expected them to be in this position at all. I heard sort of the Cincinnati beat reporters saying that they're just turning up the ballpark and just having fun. There are a lot of young players, a lot of rookies, um, and they're just going to go and play with a freedom. Um, the Brewers are just entirely underwhelming, really, aren't they? I mean, they're sitting in second place in that division with the their run differential of minus 13. I mean, the Reds do have a minus different uh, run differential as well, but... It's just entirely underwhelming. In a match at with the Brewers at slightly minus money and the Reds at plus 140, um, I'd be happy to take the Reds here head to head down the stretch, Mina. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, the Reds are playing with house money and like there's no pressure on them because nobody expected this team to be here at this point. Uh, obviously, Cruz has given them a huge spark um, and, and it's gotten the crowd excited. You're starting to see the ballpark be filled up. Uh, a little more over there in Great American Ballpark. Um, I, I don't hate it. I know a lot of our, our guys in the Discord did pick up Reds tickets, whether it was for the division or whether it was for the National League pennant. Um, I think the one concern or only concern I do have is about their pitching, right? I think that they're still going to be missing Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo at least till August. So if they're able to ride the storm or you know at least keep their head above water and stay within contention of uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, um and they do get those two arms back, I think that's only going to help their case because I think we can pretty much cross the Cardinals off of that list. You can cross the Pirates probably off that list as well. Um, Cubs are a little intriguing, but it seems like it's just going to be a two-horse race between the Brewers and the Reds, and I think that a lot of us prefer more of the Reds because they're that more exciting team and the Brewers. And I've said this ever since we started this MLB gambling podcast, that they really haven't done it anything to really improve their offense. They have great pitching, that's what their team is really built on, starting pitching and their bullpen. But at the end of the day, you still have to score runs, and I don't think the Brewers are able to do that. So, um, And again, with the trade deadline coming up now, who knows that maybe they go out and get another pitcher to kind of bolster their opportunity to win this division because they didn't really expect them to be here. Now the front office could say, hey, we have an opportunity to win this division. Let's go out and get it. It's going to get our fan base excited. It's going to get our players motivated and, you know, get these young guys some a taste of the playoffs if they're able to make it there. So and that's only going to help the morale of the ball club. So with the Reds, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't, I don't want, I can't argue against it. They're a fun team to watch. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the people in the, uh, the chat uh, agree with you as well, Moon Um Yeah. Uh, Kaysen's joined in. TVDVG on a nightly basis tells us how bad the Brewers are. Uh, so yeah, the, the, <laughs> there's a lot of Reds love coming in. Um, in the chat, CD Matthews just turned up. Good evening. How are you doing? Um, so yeah, they were my two players. You said you had one more Muna. Yeah, I, I still don't understand. I think we talked about this yesterday as well, Mal, with Lante. Um, the Diamondbacks are still four to one to win the NL West division. 
And I understand that everybody is expecting the Padres to make some type of magical run in the second half of the season because they have so much talent on that roster, uh, especially on the in their batting order. Um, but this Diamondbacks team is just finding ways to win uh, ball games. I know they didn't uh, finish off the final couple of weeks there with a winning record. I think they just went three and seven over their last ten games. Uh, but again, just kind of like the Reds now, I think that's it's not crazy that if what come trade deadline they they go out and trade for a uh, arm in yeah. this pitching rotation, because we talked about this on the on the on the recap of the first half of the season is that it's been Zach Gallen who is the odds-on favorite to win the NL Cy Young, Merrill Kelly as well, but then it's a significant drop off for this pitching rotation for the Arizona Diamondbacks. The offense has been doing real well; they're able to put up runs. Corbin Carroll is right now the first, or sorry, the leader for rookie of the year. And there's a lot of talented bats in that uh, uh, batting order as well. So um, at four to one, I know I'm sitting on a couple of 25 and 40 to one tickets on them to win this division, but at four to one, I think there's still a little bit of value there. Obviously, the Dodgers at minus 230 um, because of the history that they have in this division and how many consecutive seasons they won 100 plus games. I understand it, but we talked about this yesterday, Miles, that the pitching is a concern for the Dodgers because, again, they're missing guys like Walker Buehler and Dustin May. Clayton, if Clayton Kershaw wasn't having the season that he was having for this ball club, I don't know where this team would be right now. I know they got Julio Rios back last week as well, but he hasn't gotten off to a great start in the second half of the season as well. So I'm going to I'm gonna continue riding the Diamondbacks train here 4-1. to one. This, is, they, this team really gives me the vibes of that, uh, that San Francisco Giants team a couple seasons ago. They won 100 plus games, so uh, I, I'll, I'm going to endorse them again. Give me the Arizona Diamondbacks, even at a four to one price. Yeah, Trev mentioned in the health of Corbin Carroll, who uh, hurt his shoulder and then for some reason was ruled out again. When I thought, or most people thought, he should have had a little break. I hope the Diamondbacks carry on, um, at least keeping uh, this division competitive because they've been a fun story. They've been up there with the Reds, really, um, as, as far as the, the stories of the MLB season go. Um, it's nice to see, like, there's teams in my six or seven year fandom that I've never seen up there now. Like, it, it's the same teams on repeat. So it's nice to see teams like uh, D backs. The D backs cap was the first baseball cap I ever had, which I occasionally still wear. Um, and it's been nice to, to watch them play. Similar team to, to Cincinnati, fun young player. So I hope they keep their run down. I've got a, I think it's, I don't know if it's a 40 to 1 or a 33 to 1 ticket. Um, which I did live on the show in January when me and Dylan were arsing about because I've just won on a horse race or something. Um, so I've got a 40 to 1 or 33 to 1 ticket on the D-backs for the division. So, yeah, um, that's another reason for, for that I hope they keep going. Uh, Underdog Fantasy and Best Ball Mania 4 is here, uh, giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on your favourite MLB and NFL season player props. Loads of ways to win on Underdog and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Um, I've got one pick here, Muna, for an American League and a World Series pick. It's the same team. I don't know if you've got any outright, so I'll throw this in now. Um, and the bet's going to be the, the Baltimore Orioles, 11-1. to for the pennant and 22 to one for the world series. And really this, this was a, a value play um, with opportunity. I think being the key word here, they're a very good team. They're sitting what two games back now after another little five game winning streak um, in conjunction with Tampa regressing ever so slightly. Um, 
but the, the key for me, I just looked at some of the prices of contending, uh, competing teams with them. The Orioles are five games up in the wild card race. Uh, so really, at twenty-two to one or eleven to one, you want you, you need to get a team in there. That's your first objective is to get that team in the postseason. Uh, and Baltimore are in an incredibly strong position. Baltimore are the same price as the Padres for both of these things, for the pennant and for the World Series. The Padres are six games out of the wild card race. And the Baltimore are five games in. The disparity in those two statements of those two prices is absolutely wild. Um, they don't look like they're going away. Every I gave up fading them. Um, and yeah, they don't look like they're going away. So, opportunity, there's a lot of teams around um, this price range with a much worse chance of at least being there. Once they're there, who knows? I mean, we saw, was it Philly last year made a run all the mm-hmm. way to the World Series from, from the wild card round? So, um, yeah, I think Baltimore are very alive in that situation, Muna. Yeah, I think the only concern I have about Baltimore Orioles is their pitching rotation. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you take a look at their batting order. There's a lot of exciting young players. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. You have the Rushman that's just come onto the scene. He's going to be, maybe in a year or two, an MVP caliber player. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. The guy, Gunnar Henderson, he's starting to look like he's coming around for this team. Cedric Mullins as well. Um, uh, I mean, the, you could just go down their pitching uh, – sorry, their uh, batting order and just, you know, one through nine, they, they have guys that can just hit this uh, hit the uh, cover off of the baseball. Um, and again, when, when you're talking about teams like, like we are – these teams aren't going to be afraid to go out and make a move to acquire some pitching. And I think that's kind of been the theme for these teams um, that we're kind of talking about here today, as far as the futures go, is that they need some they need some pitching rotation help. Um, the bullpen is good. I, I I like their bullpen, but I think it's that pitching rotation that kind of does make me nervous. But again, Val, this offense has gotten uh, really hot over the last week. I know there was a stretch in a series where they had only scored, I think, with like three or four runs in in in, in a series, and then I think last week I saw them put them fifteen runs, and then like another double digit um, double uh, double digit run game where they were able to you know wheel off this winning streak like you just mentioned. So only being two games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, I know they do have the seventh hardest schedule remaining. But again, they're a fun team to watch. And I think we discussed this last year, the year prior on the MLB pod, that in a year or two, we thought this Baltimore Orioles team is going to be uh, competing just yeah. because of all the young talent they do have uh, on their roster. But um, yeah, I, I don't hate the pick, man, especially for the value, like you mentioned, was it twenty-two to one to win the yeah. uh, to win the World Series and eleven to one to win the pennant? So um, you know, we have seen crazier things happen. Uh, do you have any outright smooth enough, or are we on your player props? Uh, I didn't have any um, uh, league winners. I'm just riding the Atlanta Braves that I had picked up at the beginning of the season, um, and then I had the uh, the Blue Jays as well. But you know, the Blue Jays aren't looking very good right now. But um, yeah, I didn't have any for at least uh, at least this show. So we can get into some player awards here. Um, I'll kick it off here. So I know obviously MVP. Um, it's a difficult or not a difficult conversation, but we have two guys in each of their respective uh, division or sorry, uh, leagues, Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. I know you picked up Ronald Acuna Jr. at the beginning of the season. That was a fantastic pick for you right now. He's at minus 330 to win the uh, National League MVP. And then Otani is at a prohibitive favorite of minus 800. Any other players at five to one to win the MVP? Um, the one that kind of did catch my eye was maybe the Cy Young award market. And I'll start with the National League. Uh, so I do have tickets on Zach Gallen, and we talked about Justin Steele as well. I think the one name that also intrigued me um, 
in the National League Cy Young Award market was going to be Marcus Stroman at 17 to 1. Um, but and when I went back and looked, well, I have Justin Steele, so they're just going to take votes away from each other because they're on the same team. Uh, I know TVDBJ mentioned the strikeout leader uh, for Blake Snell. I think that was a very intriguing bet, bet as we're at 35 to 1. And I kind of like that better uh, than uh, him winning the uh, National League Cy Young at plus 950. Um, and again, it's he's spot on that he mentioned that Spencer Strider may just be limited for the second half of the season. Because again, if the, if the Braves, number one, they run away with the division, they clinched the division, they clinched uh, home field advantage, there's no reason to put some of these pitchers out there and risk injury. So I think that's a, that's a great handicap there. Logan Webb was the one that intrigued me, Mal, at 15 to 1. I know he hasn't yeah. pitched a lot of innings, um, or actually he, he has pitched a lot of innings. Maybe the strikeouts haven't been there for him. He's at 8 and 7 right now. Um, so at 15 to 1 right now, and I'm taking a look at uh, some of the stats here for the, some of the starting pitchers right now um, for the National League. So Logan Webb, as it stands right now, in the National League, uh, let me see here. Let me get over to some quality. So he's fourth in quality starts. Or he's actually, I'm sorry, he's tied for quality starts in the entire MLB with 14, right up there with Kevin Gossman and Marcus Stroman and George Kirby. I think the only downfall for Logan Webb right now is that he has an eight and seven record. He has a 3.14 ERA. Now he has pitched the most innings in the entire MLB. He's had 126 innings pitched. He has 127 strikeouts as well, which is number tied for number eight in the entire league. I think for me, for Logan Webb, is that if the Giants, they're still in contention for not only the division, but also a wild card spot for sure. And they're going to need Logan Webb to pitch well for them. So if he's able to, you know, maybe get into the realm of 14 to 15 wins at the end of the season, if he's able to get that ERA, which stands right now at 3.14 below. Uh, the, that three mark, which I think that is kind of the gold standard when you're looking at, if you're just looking at stats, I think Logan Webb is a great candidate for that. Right now, he also has a war of 3.2 when we uh, talk about uh, starting pitchers. That's tied for number, or so that's number three right behind Garrett Cole and Frember Valdez. He's number one in the National League as far as um, uh, war goes for National League pitchers. So 15 to 1, that intrigued me as well. Again, shop around for the best number. I think there's some 17 to 1 and 18 to 1s out there for Logan Webb as well. Uh, so that was the one that really stuck out to me here, Mal, for uh, Logan Webb for National League Cy Young. Okay. Um, well, we'll stay on the. I've got a few hitters, but I, I do have one pitching category. So we'll stay on the mound uh, for my pick here. And um, I'll just have another. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's the saves market. Um, so. Uh, Jordan Romano, it's quite wide open at the moment. Jordan Romano tops the market at plus 210 uh, with Emmanuel Classe at plus 225. Camilo Duval follows him up. Um, the pick, I actually picked uh, Josh Hader at the start of the season. Um, it was about plus 750, plus 850. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go in again. He's at 14 to 1 uh, to lead the leagues in saves. Now he's five behind. Uh, the handicap is he's five behind and we do think the Padres are going to go on a run. Or ev- Sorry, everybody keeps telling me the Padres are going to, going to go on a run. Um, every time I put the telly on, the Padres are going to go on a run. Um, so when this run materialises, uh, therefore, um, he does a little run at this. Serious market can materialise. So um, at 14 and 1, I just, it's, it's not five, isn't it? Big, a large amount. You can do that in a week. I mean, saves are so volatile. Um, especially if you're a fantasy player, you'll know. You can have the best... Um, closer in the game and they can go a whole week without picking up a save it's so frustrating 
And in the same market, Moon, I think a team that we talked about going on a second half run, uh, we talked about this last night with Lonte, was Houston. Um, and Ryan Presley is sitting at 50 to 1. Now he's six behind the leaders. Um, so we just said he is five behind at 14. Uh, Presley is six behind, and he's at 50 to 1. So again, if Houston can put the foot to the floor, um, which they're very capable of doing um, in the second half of the season. Um, so my, yeah, my second 50 to 1 shot of the night, Moon, uh, would be Ryan Presley in those markets. Um, want me to move on to some hitters? I don't have anything offensively, but if you have anything offensively, why don't you go ahead? Oh, I've got, mate, I've got tons. I'll keep it yeah. brief. Home run market. Peter Alonso uh, is third favourite. My average one to the third favourite. It's six to one. Um, six behind. Missed some time already. And <laughs> there's a pattern emerging here. The New York Mets are going to have a better second after the season. Um, and that's, that is my prediction now. Um, and they, they were going all right before this little break. So I thought Alonso was live at six to one. Uh, in the RBI market... And the current leader, Adolis Garcia, who leads the list by three, um, is five to one to carry that on. And I don't know why Texas would stop scoring runs. I don't know why uh, Adolis Garcia would stop scoring runs. There's no obvious standout danger who's missed time, uh, who's just going to come and crush him. So five to one seems like a really fair price for the leader in that. Um, uh, Ozzy Albies was a, I thought, was a potential threat. He's at twelve to one. 12 behind, but Atlanta scoring so many runs. Ozzy Aggies is in good form in that market. And then Moon after 250 to one shots that I promised you last night. Uh, oh, write this down, get your pen. What you need to do, right? If you've got any betting accounts, Moon after, say you've got like $172.80 in your betting account. We're going okay. to take the $2.80. So whatever okay. spare change you've got, anyone who's listening, whatever spare you've got, we're going to round it down and we're going to whack it on these 250 to 100. Okay. It's in the stolen base market, which is obviously, a, as it stands, it's a match between Ronald Acuna and Estuary Ruiz. Well, Estuary Ruiz is on the injured list as it stands with a dislocated shoulder. Ronald Acuna is like minus 150 thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruiz is plus 110. Um, so, yeah, Ruiz is on the injured list for the dislocated shoulder. So, A, we don't know if he's going to come back anytime soon. And if he does, dislocated shoulders are the sort of things you want to be sliding head first into second base with. Um, which that leaves us, Ronald Acuna. And I've just said about my fantasy team, we're sitting with Mike Trout on the injured list. We're sitting with Aaron Judge on the in- injured list. Um, we're one injury away. And I'm not wishing injuries on people. We don't do that at all. Um, but we're one injury away. We're an Aaron Judge stub toe or something away from all these 150 to one shots being live. Um, so, because that's a third favourite. Third favourite is Juan DeFranco at 150 to one. And level with him is Bobby Witt Jr. at 150 to one. So they were the two players. Um, and especially Bobby Witt, just because I don't think Kansas will give a shit soon enough. You see this in the second half of the season. Teams just think, bollocks to it do what you want and Bobby Witt could just run riot in the second half um, so yeah that, that was the handicap it was, again it's a it's a $2 bet it's a $3 bet forget about it um, but you might just be able to take uh, Mrs. Mangio for a nice dinner at the end of the season if Ronald Acuna gets a little injury uh, Franco or Bobby Witt could go and do that Mina. it kind of goes back to the same thing like we talked about with uh, Blake Snell um, for the strikeout leader 
is that if Atlanta has taken care of business and again, they've, um, you know, clinched the division, they've clinched home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs that they're, they're the number one seed um, in the playoffs. There's no reason for you to run Ronald Acuna Jr. out there uh, for stolen bases and risk injury, because again, he's coming off of some significant injuries. Right. Um, and we also already talked about that. You know, he may be playing games, but he really might be for the MVP. We're already talking about he's a minus 330 favorite. He does lead the league in on-base percentage at 480, followed by, I believe it is, Christian Yelich at 378. But when you talk about those two guys that you just mentioned, they're only about, what, 15 stolen bases and 16 stolen bases behind um, Ruiz and Ronald Acuna Jr. So, I mean, again, again it's, it's 250, it's 150 uh, to one for a reason. And, yeah, exactly. And yeah, so we're not telling you to put a full unit on it. Again, if you have that spare change where you have that extra $2, extra $5 on it, just go ahead and you know, put it on there and maybe uh, something does something crazy does happen at the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue against you giving out a 250, uh, 250 <laughs> to one uh, odds uh, bet here. Makes a good clip at the end of the season, Munaf, when we're fishing around uh, with all the dog shit that we've given out. Um, right, we've got some totals we would have to finish out with. Um, I picked three. Uh, how, what do you want to lead us off with on the totals? Uh, yeah, I have two, so I, I'll, I'll start here. Um, you mentioned Ryan Presley, and I think that leads right into a nice segue here on the Houston Astros. The current number for the, for the Astros is at 89 and a half. Um, if you take a look over the last, let's let, so let me start with this on why I obviously do like it. It's not a really a homer pick. Um, we take a look at this roster right now. We talked about the Yankees earlier, Mal, about how they'll, they're dealing with injuries and they're getting guys back, right? Aaron judge, uh, Nestor Cortez, they got Carlos Rodon back. So that's only going to help the team. The Astros are kind of in that same situation. They're missing their, probably their, two best bats. I mean, the number one power bat they're missing for sure. Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve. Those guys should be back maybe in a few weeks, maybe even next week for this team. So this team was still able to win without those two guys in the lineup. And now you're just adding those two guys back in the lineup. Jose Abreu has now started going, uh, started uh, hitting the ball. Well, I know he was on that huge drought of not hitting a home run. He's uh, found his form here with this Astros lineup. Kyle Tucker has been having a great season. Alex Bregman, uh, Jeremy Pena, uh, the the secondary guys in Chaz McCormick and um, Mauricio Dubon. Those guys have been really able to hold down the fort while uh, Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve have been gone. And again, this is another team now that they're not afraid to go out and make a move if they need to come trade deadline. We saw it a few seasons ago or maybe about four or five years ago. Well, they brought in Justin Verlander to kind of bolster that rotation and get him to a championship. We saw it last season. They added guys like Christian Vasquez and Trey Mancini to give him some depth in that uh, on the team. So I think they're they're again they're not afraid to go out and uh, make those moves. So I know I think TVDBJ mentioned it in the chat that maybe they're, they're in contention or they may go out and trade for a guy like Marcus Stroman in that pitching rotation. Shane Bieber's name has been out there as well. Max Scherzer's name has been out there as well. So they're not afraid to go out and make that move. So right now at 89 and a half wins, I love the over on this. Um, and if you take a look at the last, and I'm, I'm excluding the 2020 season, Mal, because it was a COVID year. But yep. uh, from 2019, 2021, and 2022, um, the second half of the year after the All-Star break. So I'll start with 2019. The final 90 games, Houston Astros went 60 and 30. 
2021, they went 50 and 38. And then last season, second half of the year, they went 58 and 26. So at minimum, they've won 50 games uh, in the second half of the year. Currently, they're sitting at, uh, let me pull up the standings here. Uh, for 50 and 41, Muna. Yeah. So let's just say they, let's let's be conservative. Let's say they only need 40 more wins in the second half of the season. I think this is a team that can do it. They have that championship experience. They're going to get healthier. They're not afraid to go out and make those moves at 89 and a half. I put two units down on this. I, I love this over at 89 and a half for the Astros here, Mel. Yeah. You make a watertight argument, Muna. You can't, you can't argue with that at all. Um, I really enjoyed looking at these markets. I was getting quite excited. Sometimes I, I, you, I'm trying to wonder what I've missed. I'm thinking it can't be this easy. And obviously it's not this easy because uh, we'd all be rich. But I was uh, I was talking myself into all sorts earlier today. Uh, the first one I'm going to have to give out, if I put the Red Sox up um, at that, the 50 to 1 price, is the over 83 and a half. Um, so the, they're currently at 48 and 43, or 527. Winning presented. So to cash this, um, they would have to go 500 the rest of the season, Muna, um, which I think is perfectly reasonable. Uh, I've already put up the, they've got two series against Auckland. I know everyone's got pretty similar teams, but two series against Auckland, then KC, Washington, Detroit. Um, yeah, I don't think they're, they're, I think they're, they're five games over 500 at the moment. Uh, they've just won five on the spin. I think there'll be a, over 500 team second half of the season. I don't know why they wouldn't be. So, yeah. Um, Boston over 83 and a half, Muna. Would you play that? They're also going to get Chris Sell back here pretty soon as well. Um, I know he didn't get off to the greatest start at the beginning of the season, but he did really did found his form. Unfortunately, he got injured again, but um, they should be getting him back um, fairly soon. The offense, uh, Mina speaks for herself. They, they're able to put up runs. There's no question about that when we talk about a Red Sox team. So, um, asking this ball club to play 500, I, I, I can't argue against it. Um, I'll throw out one more, and then uh, you can go okay. with the final two. Uh, this one was pretty simple for me. I just took the Colorado Rockies. I, they're while kick a kick a team while they're down. Uh, I'm going to take the under on the Colorado Rockies. Uh, you take a look at the remaining strength of schedule. And I should have mentioned this for the Astros as well. Uh, the Astros do have the fifth easiest schedule remaining entire uh, MLB. They have seven. So I'm kind of just adding more to my case for the Astros, and I'll get to the Rockies here in a second. So they have uh, Astros have seven games left against the A's, six against the Royals, two against the Rockies, three against the uh, Tigers, and six against the Angels as well. So um, again, I think they can take care of business against those teams. The Colorado Rockies have the most difficult schedule remaining in all of baseball. I'm just going to rattle off who their opponents are, uh, their tough opponents. So they have a series left against the Braves. They have a series left against the Rays. They have a series left against the Orioles, the Marlins. They have eight games against the Dodgers. They have six games against the uh, Diamondbacks. They have six games left against the Padres. Now, they have the Padres in the easy section right now. Um, but again, we do expect the Padres to play better in the second half of the year. Um, currently the, uh, Colorado Rockies are dead last in the NL West at 34 and uh, 57. The updated number right now for the, uh, Colorado Rockies is, let me see here. Uh, let me just search for it here. Rockies are at 61 and a half. I don't think this team is going to win more than 20 to 23 games in the second half of the year. 
And you take a look at their home and road splits, pal. This has kind of been a theme for this team. They're atrocious on the road, 14 and 33 on the road this year. They have a minus 147 run differential, which is a third worst in the entire MLB, only behind the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals. And again, when you're in an NL West division where at least three teams, uh, the Giants, the Dimebacks, and the Dodgers are playing great baseball, we're expecting the Padres to turn around here fairly soon. Um, someone's going to have to suffer, and I think that's going to be the Colorado Rockies. So at under 61.5, I took the Rockies on the under. Yeah, I think this is the first season moving after Colorado at home on the show. It's been a fun thing that we all quite like. Um, yeah. the, they've been more than competitive normally above 500 at home, and that's what it doesn't keep them competitive because they haven't been, but it gives us something to bet on. Um, or an angle in, but I don't feel that we've barely talked about the Rockies at all this season. They haven't got a, a go-to pitcher. Even some of the Oakland pitchers, when we see JPCS or Paul Blackburn, we've got value in the first five and things like that. The Rockies have just been completely and ugly. I reckon they've been mentioned least uh, on the show all season, Colorado. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a good looking pick. Um, I've got two more to close us out with. Then uh, the first one is going to be Miami. And the pick is the over, 87 and a half. So Miami currently sits second in the NL East with a record of 53 and 39. Um, so they are 14 games above 500, uh, 576 winning percentage. Um, to cash this, they would need to go 35 and 36 the rest of the season. So they can go one game under 500 to cash this over. Um, and I think they've been good. The pitching rotation's been good. The the home form's obscenely good, 30 and 18 at home. And then there is this weird thing that we mentioned um, a couple of weeks back when Miami were playing Atlanta, is that Miami are 1-8 against Atlanta this season and 52-31 and 31 against the rest of Major League Baseball. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's anything fluky about what they've done. Like I say... We've just seen the first half of the season where they are 14 games over. Um, and for this to cash, they can go they can go one game under. So I think Miami are pretty legit, yeah. Um, so happy to take them on the over. And the final one is uh, Minnesota, which is an under for me. 85 and a half is the total on the Twins. And let me see where they are at the moment. Uh, sitting second, um, one game under 500, so 495 winning percentage, 45 and 46. So to cash this over, Munaf, Minnesota would have to go 40 and 31. I don't know why in these last 71 games they're going to finish 11 games over 500 um, when they've just played 91 games and they're one game under. That's a huge turnaround. There's nothing in there. It's not like they're getting a load of players back. It's not like they've, they've got a, they're capable of going on a run because I don't think they are. They're very much... Win one, lose one. Win, win a series 2-1, lose a series 2-1. That's what Minnesota will do um, when Joe Ryan or Bailey over or Pablo are going. They'll probably win and then they'll throw some other stuff away. Um, and that's pretty... You know what you're going to get? Like, it's really hard to handicap Minnesota in the same boat as Cleveland in the same division. We kind of handicap them the same every night. I just don't know why they will finish 11 games over 500 the rest of the way. Uh, so under on 85 and a half is going to be my last trip in yeah, I think that, you know, for the AL Central, it's just going to be a battle. I mean, look, uh, I think you mentioned yesterday that Scott, you know, maybe tipped uh, the Detroit Tigers a little bit the second half of the season. I mean, you can't really argue against it. Uh, again, 
because just this AL Central has been just so bad this season. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a two-horse race between the Guardians and the Minnesota Twins. I just don't trust this Minnesota Twins offense. Um, they had the pitchers, like you mentioned, with Joe Ryan and, and Sonny Gray and, and Bailey Ober. But those guys perform better on the at-home, at-target field than they do on the road. And they're, they're, that, in, that kind of indicates it in their record where they are five games under 500 on the road so far this year at 19 and 24. So um, the only counter argument that you could probably make against it is that they do have the easiest remaining schedule in all of MLB. Yeah, that's Um, fair enough. But again, that's going to obviously change when they, you know, take care of business or if they do win against some of the easier opponents that they do have remaining. But again, they still have games left against the, uh, I believe the guardians, so that they don't face the guardians for the rest of the season, but they still have uh, seven games against Texas. They have three against the Diamondbacks, three against the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Phillies. You know, we saw them make a run in the in the last couple months here. So, yeah, I can't argue against it, man. I, again, I'm not a believer in this Minnesota Twins team. I did pick Cleveland at the beginning of the season to win this division. Uh, I just trust the pitching a little bit more for the Cleveland Guardians and their experience a little bit more. Um, but you can all easily see this Minnesota team just kind of falter here. And again, this team is prone to injuries. We've seen Byron Buxton get injured. We've seen Carlos Correa get injured. So, um, you know, one or one of those guys goes down, or one of these pitchers just goes down. Uh, you're looking pretty. Uh, you're pretty good on this bet here, Mal. Yeah, um, it's. A, I mean, there's nothing like base, baseball is a sport for sort of. I don't know if it's just me because I'm, I'm relatively new to it in comparison to the rest of you people. Um, that convinces me I'm a, I'm a betting genius. Sort of preseason, and then now just the last two days. Um, I've really enjoyed making these notes and getting into it. And I have a little system whereby if I'll, I'll write a pick down, if I like it, I'll put a little tick next to it. I'll put a little check mark next to it. And then sometimes I'll put two check marks next to it if I'm really seduced. Or occasionally you get three. My notes for the last two days moving up, there are little ticks all over the place. I've got loads of like sort of max unit players. So, so I'm going to have to chill out. I'm going to have to sift through them um, and weed out the the uh, the rubbish ones but yeah uh, it's it, it's got me infused there for the second half of the season Bruno. um really good couple of shows anything else um you need to tell the people about before we crack on no i think that covers it uh then we recap the first half of the uh season really well give out hopefully you found some winners here in the second half preview but yeah looking forward to the second half of the season um it, it's been uh it, I guess we can say a wide open uh, season this year because a lot of, or at least I didn't expect, you know, the Reds to be where they are and, and some of these other teams that we've kind of seen in, in the season this year. So hopefully it's an exciting finish uh, and then we'll be getting ready for the playoffs before we know it, Mel. Yeah, absolutely. We certainly will. Um, picks are back tomorrow. I think myself and Dylan, maybe Scotty might be knocking around as well. Um, so yeah, we'll be back back for a pick show tomorrow. Uh, all the usual suspects in the chat. Thank you very much. I enjoyed reading all your comments. Uh, I enjoyed sticking it to the captain for a little while. That pleased me. Um, so yeah, get back here same time tomorrow, and we'll make some picks for Friday night. Um, thank you very much, Moonaf. What you going to do? What's the boy up to? Uh, yeah, probably go hang out for a little bit with him. Um, not a lot of sports, so I maybe watch some NBA summer league uh, later on tonight, but. Hopefully it's a more relaxing evening because we got to get ready back on the grind starting tomorrow. Yes, um, let's do that. Right, okay. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow with whatever you're betting. Um, Good luck, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. 